0: Church, so glad that you're here, all your sweaty selves. <laughs> I was uh, at a wedding yesterday, and the uh, father of the bride and I were lamenting the fact that we were wearing suits when it was 100 plus degrees out. So, and I don't mean swimsuits, so it was the other kind of suit. Anyway, I'm glad that you're here today. Um, we're going to take a quick pause today from our series. We've been doing this series in the book of Acts. Um, over the last several weeks. Um, I don't know about you, but I've really enjoyed that series, largely because it's given me an opportunity to go back to something that I've seen, I don't know how many times, and try to look at it with some fresh eyes and uh, learn some things about myself, learn some things about the text, learn some things about God, and uh, I've really enjoyed that. But um, here we are in July, so it's you know roughly mid-year, and so we kind of wanted to do um, a pause here and and to, uh, to kind of refocus a couple of things. So at the outset of Thrive Church, one of the things that we wanted to, to really be about was this idea called discipleship. For us, which means finding and following Jesus. And it's not just that we're gonna do this in sort of a, I don't know the right word for it. Um, I, we just wanted to make sure that it was discipleship in real time and in real life. Does that make sense? Um, that it was really about where we were day in and day out and, and, and finding God that way. And it's trying it to just keep a thoughtful approach about discipleship. And one of the things that we realized about discipleship is that when you choose to follow Jesus, it ultimately comes down to your willingness and ability to reorient your life around Jesus. Now, I want to say that again because it's easy to gloss over. That discipleship is about reorienting your life, your day-in and day-out existence around Jesus. And kind of as a church staff and just as as a church body as a whole, we want to look for ways to actually help people do that, to reorient life. And so sometimes we we use different language, and one of the ways we do this is we want to try to connect people with God and help them stay connected, you know, that kind of a thing. There's different language um, that we can use to describe all this. But it's also about building certain skills, about certain practices in our life, and um, this fall we've got some really cool things that are happening. We're going to be talking about some of those spiritual practices, and then... Uh, we're going to do some labs in the week. So we're going to talk about it on Sunday, and then on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, or whatever night we choose, you're going to have the opportunity to practice those in a really safe environment. We are really excited about this. Um, I hope that everyone tries to take advantage of at least one or two of those, because I think you're going to find it very enriching for your own life. And one of the things that we've we've kind of talked about is... We want to look for and we want to teach things that are not theory. Does that make sense? It's not just theoretical. Like, hey, this is a good idea if you tried it. Okay? It's not theory. We want to try to find those things that are battle-tested and work. Work in the ways that they connect people to God, understanding that not one size fits all. So we want to have, you know, more or less a tool chest of things that we can offer and say, hey, look, if you're looking, if you're looking for a way to connect with God, here's a couple of ideas for you. And so we've, we've tried to do that all along. Um, so here, here are some possibilities for you if you choose to engage with them. So keep that in mind because at the beginning of the year, um, every single year I do a message called Theme for the Year, Theme for 2019. And what it is is simply a way of checking in with God and asking him what he wants to do in your discipleship. So if, if we're supposed to reorient our life around Jesus and we all know that we have some work to do, right? Might be a good idea if we checked in with him and let him kind of decide uh, what it is that he wanted to work on with us. Does that that make sense? I mean, it's kind of common sense, and yet... I know that I've gone for years where I'm just thinking about discipleship, and it's all theory, and it's not actually a reorientation of my life around him. And so every year I try to do this. It's a, it's a simple message where we talk about having a theme for the year where we focus on one thing, one thing that God wants to do with us. Now, on your seat, I've included um, a, uh, a handout. I don't often do this. Um, but I usually do it in relation to the theme for the year, so that you've got something to go on. And I've included uh, one, and then I've got some other things on the back that we're going to talk about here in a minute. So, if you missed that message early in the year, uh, where we talk about the, the theme, um, let me do a quick recap, and you can kind of follow along, and you can fill it in uh, for your own reference as you see, as you see fit. So when we're talking about this idea of a theme for the year, the first thing you want to do is you want to pray and just ask God, God, what is it that you want to work on? And so the, the first step there, and you can see it in the first lines, it's, it's to select a theme. Now, do it prayerfully and do it with God so that you're not just trying to do it on your own, but you pray that prayer, and then I've given you a list I'll tell you this, that list is not exhaustive, <laughs> okay? These are just prompts, and what I find is that um, as people scan over them, there's usually one or two that just kind of jump out at you. I, I can't explain it, it just kind of happens. Oftentimes, I'll talk to people after that, that message, and I will find out that uh, they already had a word or phrase in their mind, and they didn't realize why. And they're like, oh. And as soon as they kind of walk through that little exercise and God begins to speak to them, they realize, oh, that's my word for the year, my theme for the year. So select that theme. Now, here's, here's a little bit of a caution, though. I want, want to be very careful. Because I know a lot of people, when they first look at that list, <laughs> they look at them and they're like, oh, geez, I've got to work on all of these, <laughs> right? Okay, here's the deal. That's not from God. And in my experience, God... Um usually highlights one for sure, sometimes two, and on rare occasion, three. One, sometimes two, and on rare occasion, three. And here's the reason why. <clears throat> you can't work on all those things at the same time. It's impossible. We do not have the mental capacity to do that. Now, it may be true that you've got to do all that work, but that's not what God is highlighting. God does not author confusion for us. Rather, he offers some clarity and allow him to help you pick that one theme. He knows what it is, and most likely you do too. And so allow him to highlight one, maybe two, three. Sometimes it's a phrase. Um, My theme for this year was not a word. It was a phrase. And um, that's the first time it's happened to me, and I've been doing this probably, I don't know, 10, 15 years, more than that, I don't remember. Um, So be open to that. And when you select that theme, um, the second step, which is underneath that list, is you want to build some routines. You want to build some routines to help keep that in, in mind. So one of the things I like to do is I like to take whatever that theme is for the year, and I'll go look it up either in a dictionary, because I want to define it, I want to understand what it, what it means, or I'll use a thesaurus, I'll try to find a number of words, uh, and create what I call a semantic field. It means there's different definitions, and I kind of am able to triangulate maybe where God is moving with that, with that word or with that phrase, and I find that really helpful for me. But then what I want to do is I want to make sure that I keep that phrase in front of me constantly. Write it on a sticky note. Put it on your dashboard. Put it on your phone. Set an alarm so that your phone goes off periodically throughout the day with your theme. I like to write um, with a a dry erase marker, surprise, surprise. I like to do that and write it on my bathroom mirror so that when I get out of the shower and it's all steamy, I can see it, right? The idea is to keep that theme in front of me and to remind myself, yeah, this is something God wants to work on with me. Does that make sense? It's a way of focusing my attention on God using this particular thing that He wants to talk about. So build some routines around it. Pray about it. There's a novel idea. Um Put it on your computer, you uh, know again, on a sticky note. those are easy ways to do that, and maybe you 've got some other ones, but those are the ones that I find are helpful for me. I tend to be a visual person, and so i need need the visual to do that so first of all is to um, select a theme, build your teams and then and then third is to form a team and here 's what I mean by that don't try to do this by yourself because um, i don 't <laughs> know about you, but I, I kind of need some encouragement along the way. Uh, maybe that's just me, but I know most of you, and you probably need the encouragement too. And what I mean by a team, it's not somebody who's, you know necessarily checking in with you every single day, or but just somebody who's an encourager that's in your life that you might be able to just check in and say, hey, you know what, i got this theme that I'm working on, would you mind just, one, praying about it um, for me, um, or at least check in with me periodically? And here's a great way to do that. A great way to do that is to ask a person, but put a timeline on it and just say, hey, I got this theme, would you mind praying for me once this week? Because I think sometimes what happens is, would you pray for me? And it's like, okay, for how long? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm afraid I'm going to forget. But if you ask me to do it one time, like, yeah, I can do that. I, you know, and sometimes it's great just to pause right then and there and say, hey, God, I'm just going to pray for him right now. That's a really helpful thing. So by all means do that. Now here's the the risky part of of forming a team. You gotta tell them what your theme is. You gotta have a little bit of vulnerability here. And uh, I've had uh, every now and then I'll have somebody tell me what their theme is and when I think of it, uh, a few weeks, months later, I'm like, hey, how's it going with that theme? And just to try to check in on a little bit to try to serve that function. Uh, whether you 've got a small group or if you 've got someone um, else in your life that you can just mention it to, it is a really helpful tool to have someone else just mention it to you because you'll you 'll forget The point is is that if you fall on the wagon, get back on the wagon it 's moving slow you 're okay you know you can get back on that thing and uh, to keep that in mind so try to form a team find some people who will encourage you in this in this process um, and and uh, and pray. Um, which kind of reminds me, as I'm thinking about this a, a little bit, look, if you started this in the beginning of the year and you've stopped for whatever reason, God hasn't moved. You can restart. And He's not going to ding you for that. Okay? So, by all means, jump back on. Here's the final one, is to watch the time. And here's what I mean by watching the time. Um, I've noticed that There have been moments in my life where I've had a uh, specific theme for like two or three years. And every year I check in, God, is this my theme for the year? And the answer is, yeah, this is the theme. Okay, that's fine. But sometimes you'll have a theme that only lasts a few months. God's got something he wants to show you about this particular theme in your life. And when it's done, it's done, and he's ready for you to move on. That doesn't mean you might not have to go back and and re-look at it again in a year or two. But the point is, is that he brings you along slowly but surely, checking in. As you're checking in with him, he is checking in with you, saying, okay, you're you're good with this. We're going to come back to that later, but now I want you to deal with this issue. And so don't be so uh, caught up in the fact, this is my theme for 2019. Guess what? You might have a couple of themes for 2019. But the point is that you're trying to be sensitive to what God is teaching you in these moments. Is this making sense? Okay. So as we're trying to do this mid-year check-in, how's it going? How's it going with your theme? Um, if, like I said, if you've you know, stopped for whatever reason, that's all right. And, and by the way, you might be done with that theme and ready to move on to another one. That's okay. You may need to revisit this, or you may need some encouragement today to go back and and revisit this. And by the way, there's no guilt, no shame here. A lot of people do that. God is full of grace and mercy. He still wants to work on that issue with you. So be of good cheer. There's There's still hope. And you can still work on those things, and you can still partner with him as he begins to mold you and shape you into the likeness of Jesus. Hmm. Now, I've learned something about myself. I mentioned this earlier. I tend to think visually, <coughs> which means I like picture books a lot. Um, hmm. uh, what I've learned is is that uh, I want to try to externalize certain ideas um, because it's really powerful to visualize these things. And, and very often, I don't fully understand something until I can draw it in some way, shape, or form, even if it's, you know, X's and O's and boxes and. In triangles and whatnot, and that's all right. Um, some of you have seen my sketchbook. Uh, I carry one with me all the time in my journal, and I'm usually drawing something as well as, as I'm trying to think through stuff. Uh, this is the great uh, artist and graphic designer, Saul Bass, and he had this uh, statement. He said, design is thinking made visual, and I think that's very, very true, at least for me, as until I get it down on paper, sometimes I don't fully understand it and I've always appreciated that and which by the way in the middle as as we're kind of going through this sermon today you are here see I drew it I draw them all (laughs) and uh, uh, you can even look in my sketchbook and you can see every single sermon that I've ever done usually has some kind of box triangles arrows circles that sort of thing and um, so that's where you are right now don't worry, we're going to get through the other stuff. It'll go fairly quickly. So, okay. So keep that in mind. Um, but I find that visualizing. Now, the reason I bring that up is that uh, this last year um, we learned, our staff has learned a simple diagram that has radically shifted my understanding of following Jesus, and I'm ready to share it with, um, with all of you. I've, uh, I've shared with, with some people. And this is something that our staff has been practicing for several months. And, and, and I think, I think it's, it's time mid-year, given all of the work that the Holy Spirit's done through the, the series and acts, that you're ready to hear it. And I, I really believe that it's a rocket booster when it comes to the theme that God wants to work uh, on in your life. So I'm going to kind of go through this. If you flip your sheet over, you're going to see a, a triangle with, with some circles and we're going to go ahead and we're going to fill some of those things in, and this will begin to make sense, and they'll have uh, some places for you to make some notes. So first of all, in the lower left-hand corner, that's you. Say hi. That's you. Lower left-hand corner. And on the top, um, you might want to just kind of sketch in there the word work, the work that you actually do day in and day out, or maybe it's a role that you have as a spouse, as a parent, as a family member or whatever. but There's you, there's the work that you do. And normally, we're taught that whatever you do, the work that you do is that you work hard, or you work smart, you set goals, um, you increase your skills, you find mentors, you do whatever you need to do in order to find Success, however you choose to define that. Right? I mean you've heard this before. Work harder or work smarter, not harder, right? And so there's you and there's your work and and we work very hard in order to accomplish those tasks or accomplish that success, whatever it is that, that you're after. But here's my question in that diagram and when we talk about this, there seems to me that there's something missing. What what's missing? Can, can you see it? What about God? What, what, what does God have to do with all of this? If you're, okay, if you're, Here's the deal. If you're a follower of Jesus, and you've got some work that you want to accomplish, wouldn't it make sense that, that God would be part of that? I mean, aren't we trying to reorient our lives around Jesus in some way? And so the question comes up is, where's God in all of this? Now, most of us, I think, we pray while we're striving to achieve something. Oh, God, help me at work. Or, oh, God, help me not kill Phil in the next cubicle. Or whatever it happens to be. Or, oh, God, help me get this project done. And, you know, there's, those are the kind of prayers that we, that we, um, that we pray. And we ask him to, to bless all the work that we do. But it seems to me that when we do that, we might be missing um, Proverbs chapter 3. Verse 5 and 6. And you've seen this before. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Now, I think what happens that for a lot of us, myself included, is that it's easy to think about God as almost like a genie in a bottle. If I just use the right words, and if I just pray the right way, then God's going to come in and bless it. But really what's happening here is that, God, here are my plans. Bless them. This is what I want to do, Lord. Bless them. Does that make sense? Or the opposite um, will happen is I have no idea... What I'm supposed to be doing, so I'm going to do this, and I guess God will just show me along the way. And so when I fail, that must be out of God's will. And when I succeed, that must be in God's will. And so there's this kind of sort of balance between demanding God bless and complete ignorance whether or not God is blessing. Does this make, well, there might be more ways of understanding that. But in my mind, there are at least those two. Are we going to demand that God blesses what we do? Are we going to go through our life kind of the uh, Forrest Gump, sort of feather on the breeze type of thing? But what what if we stopped trying to achieve whatever that work is and we started with God? your relationship with God, and what if we reverse course and we stop clawing our way up the left side of this triangle? And what if we, we paused and we checked in with God first? And then what if we received power from Him to actually do the work? What would, what would that be like? Now I understand that this this might be new but but hang on hang with me on this because I think a lot of us spend a good portion of our time again crawling up the left side of the triangle and God's over there on the right saying um yeah I got I got some ideas about this I think this is important What if we received power from him to actually do the work and what if we actually trusted him for the actual assignment well, there's a novel thought. Um, very often, and I hear this, people have a calling. We hear this a lot in in circles with pastors. Um, I've been called to this particular church. Hmm, that's an interesting concept. Uh, I understand where that comes from, but I don't think it's quite accurate think what happens um, requires a a shift in understanding some of the, the points on our triangle here. We tend to think of work as a calling, but we're not actually called to work, we are called to a relationship. God is calling us into a relationship with Himself. And so, the calling actually doesn't belong at the top of this. Rather, calling belongs at the bottom. I am called to a relationship with God, first and foremost. It is from there that I receive what I need to do an assignment. And the, the word that was often used here, at least in Old Testament terms, is anointing. Now, I understand that this now has certain connotations to it because of other religious traditions. But I want you to think about this. Don't call it anointing if you don't like it. Call it empowerment. Um, Call it power if you choose to. But you are called to a relationship with God, and inside that relationship, you receive the power that you need in order to accomplish the assignment that he is giving you. Thrive Church is not my calling. Thrive Church is my assignment. My calling is to be with my Father, to be in the presence of God and to receive the anointing I need in order to have this assignment. Because I will tell you right now, (laughs) from my own experience, I do not have enough power on my own to do this. That is a fool's errand. I can't do this by myself. And if I try to do it by myself, you all should not be here. I would rather, Jesus is the head of the church, I'm just his associate, this is my assignment, he's going to explain to me what he is and what he wants to do, and then he's going to empower me to actually do that. Now, it doesn't have to be a pastor. You can have a job in IT, you can have a job teaching school, you can have a job selling insurance, whatever it happens to be. That's your assignment. You're doing that right, right wherever it is that you are. But your calling is to be with God, and He will empower you to do the assignment. One of the best assignments I ever had was going to graduate school the second time. Went to an art school. As far as I knew, I was one of three Christians in my program three out of probably 50 people. Let me tell you, I needed some empowerment for that one. My Facebook right now is ridiculous. I got a bunch of seminarians, and I got a bunch of art school students they don't often occupy the same space on the Venn diagram, if you understand what I mean. Right? But the point is, is that you go and you, you spend some time. This is the assignment. I needed the empowerment to do that. And, and, I, and you've heard me say this story before. I had a friend of mine who said, I don't typically like Christians, but I don't know what to do with you. That's Holy Spirit empowerment. That's got nothing to do with David. David's just like, I don't know what I'm doing here. You know, kind of a thing. And so it is with you. Whatever your assignment is, you've got to have that calling, that relationship with God in order to receive the anointing, the empower, empowerment, to actually do what it, what it is that God has asked you to do in your assignment. Powerful stuff when you begin to shift your mind. So we receive this out of our calling. The calling comes first, the anointing um, comes later. And I think that um, for this, the. The implications of of that relationship are are enormous. And so when we talk um, in this church about chasing after the presence of God, and we've talked about that a lot over the last few months, this is what we're talking about, living with God in the bottom part of the triangle. That's why I love the diagram, because I'm like, yeah, I'm processing my life in the bottom part of the triangle. I'm not crawling up the left side. I'm trying to be empowered to live up on the right side of this. And so we chase the presence of God day in and day out as much as we're able. Now, here's the thing. The tool that we use to do this is in a journal. Now, some of you just shut me off right then and there. I ain't writing in a journal. I'm not keeping a diary. Dear diary. No, that's not what we're talking about. (laughs) Journaling for me has become, um, I've been journaling probably for, I don't know, 15, 20 years. This has given me um, a new way of journaling where I'm not just data dumping. (laughs) I'm not just trying to get stuff out of my head. But rather, I'm dialoguing with God about all that junk in my head. You know what's really interesting? I found that my journal entries have changed. It's not so negative anymore. Sometimes I look at what's in my journal from years past. and I'm like, wow, that's, that's just a bunch of negative vomit. And now I actually see the hand of God moving And I have a record of it. That's the important piece. A record of it. I can go back and on specific dates when I sense that God is saying something and I write that down and then it's weeks later and I realize, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I I just, I, I know I journaled about that. And I flip through and it's always a little further than I thought it was, though, because I tend to use up a lot of real estate. So I go back, and there it is, and it's right there. I'm like, oh, yeah, God, God said something about that. And it's truly astonishing to me when that happens, and it's happened several times just in the last couple of months. I, I, I can't explain that. So it's this written record, but it also shows some growth, but gives you a reference point. And if you, if you don't want to do pen and paper, that's fine. Then choose some type of a journaling app. I know some of our staff members do that. That's okay. The point is, is that you're actually doing it. You're trying to engage with God in some way. I can't use digital because I draw. And I haven't found an app yet that lets me draw in, in, in a digital version of a, of a journal yet. That's okay. And so I use a hard copy one. It's sitting in my, my bag right over there. And so we use this tool of journaling to chase after His presence. And it's a, it's a perfect place to process what's happening in your life with God. But also, it's a great place to process your theme. And there's certain techniques that you can try. You can do a mind map with it. And you can write some things out and just say, hey, here's a great one. You sit down with your journal and say, God, My theme for this year is, where's that going to show up today? How powerful would that be is if you started your day at some point or ended your day, however you choose to do this, where you acknowledge the fact that there's a theme in your life that God wants to work on and you literally asked him, where's this going to show up today? And allow him to guide you and lead you and you see where it happens and you think, oh my goodness. That's God moving. How many of you would like to see God move a little more? Here's my guess. God's moving all the time. We just don't recognize it. And so for me, what's happened is my sensitivity, my my Holy Spirit radar is a little more finely tuned than it was just a few months ago. I'm so thankful for that because now when something comes up and things come up, I have kids, and things come up, and you, you, you get a little anxious about it. Now I find myself going, I wonder if the Holy Spirit's involved in here somewhere. Maybe not, but let's start from the, the standpoint that there's going to be some benefit out of this stress that I'm feeling. I may not want it. I may not like it. It may be uncomfortable, but the point is, if God's at work, do I really care? Nope. Because I know that God has my best interest at heart. He's got his kingdom at heart, and I get to be a part of that. Now, I don't want to sugarcoat things that are uncomfortable. I'm not suggesting that at all. What I am saying is that it gives you a way to reimagine or restory what's happening in your life. Now, I'm not just suggesting um, this as a discipleship tool. I want you to understand that our staff does this every week. This is something that we do as a staff. Every week, we have a staff meeting. Monday night. It'll be tomorrow night. It'll be at Thrive Space. We'll all be there at 6.30. We'll eat together. We'll go through some certain pieces, and we will stop and say, take out your journals. What's God doing? What's he teaching you? What's he stirring in your life? A variety of different ways of doing that. And then we begin to talk to each other about it. Nobody has to share anything that they don't want to share. But when they do, I'm telling you, There's a power to it that I have not experienced in the staff before, and I'm thrilled by it. I'm amazed by what God has been saying and teaching to all of us. So I guess the crux of all of this, if we really think about it, and it's the one area that I think we all need to wrestle with to a certain degree, is does God still speak to his people today? And here's the challenge. How do you know? I mean, God speaks through his word, right? But that means you've got to crack it open. And I found um, just in the last couple of months is that very often, as I'm posing questions, certain passages will come to my mind. I don't know why. Because as soon as they do, then I've got to go look it up. That's just more work. But the point is is that I know there's something in there. And very often it's not the actual verse, it's what precedes it or what follows it that I'm supposed to hear. Crazy stuff like that has been going on. And the point is is that you're asking God, you're dialoguing with him, and sometimes he does speak through his word. Very often he does that. Um, Sometimes he speaks through others. Some of you have heard me say this. The voice of God often sounds like Lisa Treloar. I'm just saying, man enough to admit that. Um, other times, God speaks through music, art, dance, things that you see, things that you hear. I'm amazed by that. I was at a um, it was a, a ballet. I don't remember. This was years ago. Uh, my eldest daughter was just kind of starting dance, and we went to see the ballet. <clears throat> and I remember um, being in that, that performance, and I was so thankful it was dark, because I was just bawling. So it was so beautiful. To see human beings do this, it spoke to me in a way that I'm like ballet? Really? <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. And it was obvious that God was showing me the value of human beings. These are the people who bear the imprint of the divine. And they do these wonderful things. And I think God enjoys that. But also, I think God speaks to us directly. Sometimes it's words, sometimes it's impressions, sometimes it's pictures, sometimes it's dreams when we first started this process last year, um, for whatever reason, there was this constant refrain every time I journaled, be strong and courageous. A couple paragraphs later, be strong and courageous. Hey God, I really don't know what to be strong and courageous. It got to the point where I'm like, I'm like okay, I know, I know the answer is be strong and courageous, but I really wanna know specifically the point is, is that what I realized in that whole, whole thing, it wasn't being strong and courageous in the face of some external enemy, but it was to be strong and courageous to deal with my own stuff. That's the hardest battle that every, any human being will ever fight. That's what goes on inside of them. And that was God saying, be strong and courageous. There's, there's something that's going on here. And I'm thankful for that. Um, some people see pictures in our staff meeting, one of our staff, one of our teammates said, yeah, I get this sense of a blanket. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. You know, I really got an idea of what that was about. And She was talking about feeling the spirit and the service that, that Sunday. It was really cool. You know, if you object to journaling, either notebook or digital, it, it doesn't matter. Um, you might, you might object to, you know, the theme for the year it might be too simplistic for you. Okay, okay. Well, let's talk about that for just a moment. Okay. So you don't like journaling and you don't like this idea of the theme for the year. Fine. Tools in the toolbox. But my challenge to you is if you're not going to do one of those, what will you do? Is there something that you can actually do that will allow God to speak to you, to shape you, to change you? Is there something that you can do to reorient your life around Jesus? That's my question. And is it battle-tested or is it just theory? Is it something that you've actually tried? Hey, whatever you do, I'm not going to stand in the way of that, but my interest is that you're more like Jesus on December 31st than you were on January 1. That's a great metric. That's the metric that I, I think God um, likes to, to hear. And here's the point. I don't want to shame you or guilt you. That I'm not interested in any of that. The world does enough of that. I don't, the church doesn't need to add to it. I, that's not the point. I just want to give you a tool where you can process your life with the king in light of his kingdom. Because if that's not what we're after, then we ought to probably just shut the doors and go do something else on Sunday morning. I'm serious about that. I really think that this is about being citizens of his kingdom. And you can't have a kingdom without a king. So how are you going to serve the king? How are you going to interact with him? So um, last week, I'm just going to be, let me have one of these. Last week, I had a... I read from my own journal and this was, a, this was a word that I felt was for Thrive Church. I think it was also for me too, but it was very clear in my journal it was for Thrive. I, I put it down here so you can see it. And I want you to see this because this is where I'm going to end today. The Lord said, I see behind the mask so remember we were talking about hypocrisy last, last week. I see behind the mask I made you and I love you I want you to be honest with yourself and with me. I don't want to embarrass or punish you. Boy, I needed to hear that. I want you to be free, free to be joyful, free to be yourself, your true self. Free to be blessed and to bless others, to walk empowered. Right side of the triangle, right? Even my shadow will help free you. I got to figure out what that one means because that just sounds cool, doesn't it? Be with me, continue to pursue my presence, I will meet you. And here's the question, and this was so crystal clear. Who will take me up on this? Again, if you don't want a journal, if you don't want to do a theme for the year, okay. The question that God is asking you, is asking all of us, is who's going to take him up on the opportunity to meet with him, to be with him? to let him orient our lives around himself. Almost like God saying, double dog dare you." Yeah, I wanna take that one up, would be interesting. Um, like we do every week, um, James and I will be back here, willing to pray with anybody who wants to pray about this or something else. If you're looking for more of this kind of thing, um, trying to understand the triangle and what that means for discipleship, I would love to chat with you about that. I have found um, more of my own personal growth in this ridiculously simple little diagram (laughs) than I have in uh, a lot. Anyway, um, I'll spare you the details. Let's talk about it. And you can also talk to any one of the staff members because we're all working on this. We'd be delighted to chat with you about it.